game time is Zach and John Muir. My name is Zach Wright. I'm hosted by John Muir Wilson. Today, the name of the game is Hall of Fame, deserving the nod. In this episode, we'll discuss the Hall of Fame criteria, discuss some of the additions to the Hall of Fame, such as players who got in, and discuss the Hall of Fame potential of current players in the league. But I think before we get into it, I should just go through the Hall of Fame criteria, which I got off basketballnoise.com. So basically, a player must be retired for five plus years, and they must be nominated by another person, including forms and supporting documentation. And when I say a person, they literally mean anyone. Like, Jameer and I can nominate a player, and as long as we provide supporting documentation, it's considered a valid, like, recommendation. Whether or not they accept it is, like, a whole other thing, but, like, anyone can do that. Supporting documentation can be books, statistics, articles, anything that explains why someone is a Hall of Fame player. And that's literally it. There's no statistical requirement. There's no uh, making a certain amounts of all-star games or anything. It's just some, a person has to submit an official request to the president of the Hall of Fame with specific documentation, or not specific documentation, just any documentation that kind of explains why this person belongs in the Hall of Fame. So with that being said, Jameer, how do you feel about these requirements? Uh, well, first of all, I believe that it's it's interesting. It's very interesting and very, I don't know, sketchy. Just because if simple individuals like you and I, I mean, we are very vested into basketball. So I feel like me and you could technically make a strong case for an individual playing, you know, who played and who we did we feel deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But I feel like there needs to be a committee that oversees that process. And there needs to be uh, nominations through committee. I think that it needs to be a, I guess, I don't know, more, more official and more professional process to weed out any weaker candidates from potentially getting in and so that the hall of fame at least feels more like it, like you really had to earn it and you really had to fight for it to get in there. Where sometimes when you look at certain players, you're just like, sheesh, like how, you know what I mean? Like, how did they get in there? How did they, and how are they, how are they even close to the conversation? So, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, they're, like when I looked at the Hall of Fame, um, like who's in the Hall of Fame, there are many deserving people, deserving individuals, even deserving contributors and things of that nature. I mm-hmm. think that there are a lot of important individuals and players and coaches and teams and different things of that nature who really do deserve it. And I'm very genuinely happy especially even looking to the previous class that we had with Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett uh Rudy Tomjanovich obviously Tim Duncan Tamika Catchings just to name a few I think that they've they did a really good job with those those names specifically and there are many other players and contributors and stuff that earned it and that you can't really argue but at the same time, I feel like there's some that I feel like there should have been more argument for. No, I get that. And I even, like, looked it up again real quick just to make sure I didn't miss anything when I talked about it. So I checked on hoopball.com and basketball reference, and literally they say, like, the only requirement is someone needs to be out the league for five-plus years. So there is no certain level of skill that someone needs to attain to even be considered. So technically I can submit a hall of fame document or whatever about for um, Corey Joseph, for example, is some random dude. I can really sit here and make a hall of fame claim for Corey Joseph. Obviously they won't take it seriously, but like I could do it for anybody I want. As long as I feel like their contribution is enough to basketball. I think that's the main thing. It's not necessarily about like, who had this many championships, who scored this many points. So I think the main thing is about like their contribution to the game, which when you think about that aspect, it makes you 
think let, some people are actually more deserving than they, they may seem based on their uh, performance on the court. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I do think it is interesting how it's just, there is no official, like, criteria. Like you're saying, there's no committee. Like, I just don't – I doesn't – I was not able to find who makes these decisions other than the president of the Hall of Fame or whoever the hell that is. And you submit a form and supporting documents, and that's it. Yeah. So that is very interesting. And also, another thing, like, when you talk about – just even in comparison to some other sports, like when you look at football, for example, people – will go years and years and years without coming close to sniffing the Hall of Fame. And then when they, you know, 20, 30 years later after they retired and they finally get that call, you still see them cry. You still see them be super duper happy because getting there is so difficult and it takes so much work to get there. And you have to really be the up the upper echelon and be of a certain level to reach that point. And I feel like in the NBA, that, that needs to be a little more emphasized. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's it's an interesting thing. And I feel like uh, in comparison to baseball, like baseball is notorious for leaving important people out, you know, because of different scenarios and different situations, whatever that may be, but, you know, Ultimately, when you look at different sports, I think the the league that is the benchmark in terms of Hall of Fame criteria and who they have in their Hall of Fame, like Hall of Fame quality, I think is the NFL. Okay. Yeah, it's one good thing to note with the basketball Hall of Fame is like basketball in general rather than just the NBA. Right. I think if it was just the NBA, I feel like anybody and their mother would get in, honestly. Corey so I, think, I don't know. I think um Lance Stevenson. Is it Lance Stevenson? Janeiro <laughs> Pargo. Nah, Lance Stevenson is a Hall of Famer, bro. Ultimate <laughs> ultimate entertainer. His contributions to basketball were definitely uh the the wind blowing meme, bro. Iconic. Like that's Hall of Fame right there. Like let's let's be honest. <laughs> You know, a blue Lance Stevenson guy, but nah, but Ray for all, Ray, Ray for all, <laughs> all jokes aside, though, there is a basketball hall of fame which is different from the other professional leagues in America. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that does change it. Nonetheless, I do think when it comes to NBA players, they're I feel like they're a little more lax than like college or WNBA. Like you mentioned, uh, Tamika Catching's getting in, she's the only player to get it. Only uh, female player to get in with the last class that just passed, the 2021 class. But um, so that's interesting. I don't think there's definitely a lot of w- WNBA players who are amazing, who had amazing careers, who definitely deserve to be in there. So that is something I think they need to consider more. Like possibly, I don't know if there's like a certain number of spots they limit, limit it to per year. But I do know that there's not much WNBA or women's basketball representation in general. They kind of, they've lately they've been doing like one person a year for women's basketball. Yeah. Obviously there's, there's, there's much more deserving than one person per year, but yeah, it's just something I would think of. I think they should consider more whoever they is. Cause as we've discussed, the they is very vague. Thanks. <laughs> But uh, with that being said, why don't we get into some people who we think are questionable additions? And why don't you go first, Jameer? Ooh. Uh, so I was looking through and I found Sarunas Marshallonis. Yeah, I didn't know who the hell that was either. Uh, Sarunas Marshallonis. I've heard of him before. He's a shooting guard. Uh, he played. He played in the eighty, like in the late eighties into the nineties. And when, at least statistically, like, I'm not 100% sure. And, I mean, they may have looked towards more of his global impact in terms of being one of the first international players because international players at that time were becoming more of an integrated thing, like, along with guys like Tony Kukoc and um, uh, 
Arvita Sabonis and and the, and and, the, and uh, Vladdy Divac, those kind of players. Um, so I don't know if that played a part in his nomination and things of that nature. But statistically, if we're just talking statistics, <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. Bro didn't do shit. Hell no. He averaged, you know, he averaged forty percent from the three point line in only two seasons. You know his 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 season high scoring wise, he had two he had two seasons of over twenty points a game. Two seasons of over twenty points a game. That is tragic. I mean, when you look at the steal numbers, the steals are pretty good. I mean, I I think he averaged he finished his career with uh, twenty with well with two steals per game. Which is pretty, which is pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty nice, but he also had a really short career too. When you look at uh, his numbers, like he missed, he missed multiple seasons. Like his first, his first two years, he was in another pro league. He was with the Soviet Union for two years, then he came in the NBA, and then he missed another season with a knee injury. So. I don't I don't know. I mean, just ultimately, I just don't feel as though he's like the most deserving candidate. Just not at all, you know what I mean? So like I think that was the biggest, the biggest one I seen. Where I was like, what the hell? Who's this dude? But yeah. Anyone else on your mind? Anyone else on my mind? Now, bear with me here. I think I know where you're going. Someone who I think he's deserving, but like first ballot, it's a little, it's a little tricky to navigate because I don't know. Like, I think that T-Mac ultimately is a hall of famer, but I think that he's one of those guys that in my opinion would have waited a few years after it was his time to go right in. You know what I mean? Like in a, in a, in another, like, for example, in the NFL, a player of his caliber would have waited at least a season or two before he got the nod because he does, he's deserving of it. I feel like when you talk about his impact and how good a player he was for how, for how long a player he was and he had like different he had, he had like different things going on like when he was when he was in Toronto in Orlando he was absolutely showtime like he was he was dunking everywhere and doing a bunch of crazy different things and then when he went to what was it Houston he yep. turned into this he was like i would say uh, he was like a couple hairs below Kobe and Wade, i feel like Cause he was really that dude in Toronto, with like Yao Ming and Shane Battier and that crew. Or Houston, and, you mean? Huh? You mean he was that dude in Houston? Yeah, he was that dude in Houston. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we like Yao Ming and that crew. I think with that section of his career too, and like having one of the greatest winning streaks of all time, I think that he has a very compelling case. But as a first ballot. No. Yeah, I definitely agree with your points here. Because that, let's see, from 2000 all the way up until 2008, he was he was ranging from really good to to great in that in those years. His worst run from that point in time was 21.6 points per game, and T Mac was mainly a scorer. Although he did have some good rebounding years as well. So I'll give him that. In a couple of years, he was like in having five assists, six assists. So he definitely was an all-around player. But he had eight good years. And then every year around, every year around, like, so from 97 to, you know, 99, 2000 season. And then from 2009, 2010, up until he retired, he was tight trash. Thanks. So... He had half his career, he was amazing. The other half, he was he was pretty trash. Really? In the beginning, obviously the beginning years, you know, especially in the 90s when it was like, wasn't common to just start your best 
the best rookies didn't always start unless the team was absolute dog shit. But so like in the early, in the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, that was kind of the beginning of where players, teams started just starting their top five picks. Cause like, you know, they're there, might as well play them. But for mm-hmm. so I'll give them a pass for those years, cause teams weren't always starting their rookies. But from 2009 on, he was, he was garbage. Let's be honest. I do think he's a hall of famer. Don't get me wrong. T-Max impact on the game boosts him up more than definitely mitigates those bad years because he was showtime. Like you're saying, a lot of people, T-Mac was their favorite player. T-Mac, uh, you know, had this, the, the sneakers with Adidas and all that. Like he wasn't, he wasn't just some good player. He definitely was a big name, excuse me, a big name and had a huge impact on the sport of basketball, which is seems to be the biggest criteria for the hall of fame. But nonetheless, those bad years, were pretty freaking bad. No doubt. Dude, dude had 5.3 points per game in his last season. I mean. Before that was eight. If you want to count his prime, like, I don't know. I guess if you want to count his prime years, even there are just so many other players, I feel like, whose prime years are good. I don't know. I mean, ultimately, yeah, again, I think he's a Hall of Famer, just not first ballot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's a Hall, he's a Hall of Famer, but – like you're saying, first ballot is a little. No, I'm not a little first ballot, but which, hey. which is not a bad thing, even like, like you know, sue me if I feel like <laughs> sue me if you feel feel like I'm hating, but you know, <laughs> I, I think that you know, have having someone of of that caliber, I don't know, having someone of that caliber in the Hall of Fame is the right thing. Because I think he's a good – I think he's – I think he is an all-time – like, you could say that Tracy McGrady, T-Mac, is, a, is like an all-time great. Yeah. But to what extent are you mm-hmm. willing to go with that conversation? Um, uh, Drazen Petrovic is also another guy that I would look at and be like, hmm, Hall of Famer. Um, he had – he only – he only played a few seasons, to be honest with you. Like he, he ended up dying. That's why his uh, career was cut short. Oh. He died of um, I think it was a is either a car accident or like some heart thing. I think it was a car accident. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he did die. So I don't know. I don't know. He, that's why his career was cut short. Although there, people say he was going to be one of the greatest shooting guards or ever, but um. Yeah, because I guess that's – I guess it's like a, a death uh, booster in terms of – I guess that's like an honorary Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, like an honorary thing. Yeah. You know, you know how people get with when, you know, sometimes people do those, you know, just to commemorate the memory of the, the person. Yeah, I mean, he – because if you look at his numbers, uh, he was peaking. Yeah. But by that point – by the time he was peaking, he was already twenty-eight. He was going in the he was going into twenty-nine years old. Yeah, so he may may have been entering his uh the statistical athletic prime in basketball. He's entering that, but, but I don't think his prime would have lasted long enough. Even like I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna like. It's it's tricky because of death. It's a tricky one. It's very mm-hmm. tricky, and it's a very touchy subject. So I won't get too much more into it. But again, when you look at somebody who's turning 29 and their highest point per game average was 22 a game, um, it's not like now where 29 years old, you're only kind of scratching the surface, especially with guys like LeBron and KD and James Harden who are all in their th- who are all like well into their 30s, and they're still like playing like they were in their 20s just smarter so i don't know it, it's a, it raises an interesting question but again yeah. statistically no yeah like i mean r.i.p of course yeah. but when we, with, with the question we asked of like questionable entrant questionable questionable uh inductees you know is is something worth questioning that's fair so yeah, I'm, oh yeah, it's interesting. It's a, it's a very interesting thing to look at, and I think that also a lot of, 
the conversation that you may have around different people may wind up different. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. some people may feel like because he died right away, that that just it's no argument. Right. Yeah. Why don't we uh, move on to uh, anyone else you got? I have a couple of mine as well, too. What and who and who do you have? Uh, first one, I was like, not sure. Bobby Jones, I was kind of like, eh. But I mean, he did have 11 old defensive uh, selections. So that's pretty good. But like, statistically, otherwise, he was pretty like, whatever. So I'll give him that. And Sidney Moncrief, I was also like, eh. Was like, you know, like, uh... like you know, look, look at his stats. Obviously, I didn't watch him play. He was, you know, he's old as shit. But look at the numbers and the like. He had some good years, of course. Again, but you know, just looking like purely statistically, just like he wasn't the most amazing. But of course, statistics don't mean everything. We'll get to it later as well with some players who I think should get should be getting it in the future. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, those are the only ones that are questionable. But I do think looking through the list, everyone on there deserves it, except for uh, Sarunas. <laughs> that was goofy. I guess, like you were saying, maybe because of the international player thing, I don't know much about him. I need to Google him. Maybe he did something amazing. I don't know about. But other than that, I think everyone deserves it. Whether or not it should be a first ballot or not is another story, but everyone there should be in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. It's always gonna be an interesting conversation. I think that it'll go on forever. And I think eventually, uh, something that I would I would personally uh, enjoy and that I think that I feel like it should be looked into is a uh, WNBA Hall of Fame and an NBA Hall of Fame, as well as you know, just making the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame a completely different thing for contributor for just contributors and coaches and stuff like that. Maybe I don't know. Okay, I get what you're saying. Like having like, just having one specific for the players, so they can really like get an idea of who who the goats are, who you know, who the best of the best is, kind of thing. But at the same time, I would say, um. You kind of, I don't know, I guess you kind of take the light off of contributors and stuff like that if you do that. So I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's an interesting conversation. Um, yeah, and just just a, a quick side note. Uh, one person that I'm, like, when I was looking, I was looking to see, did you happen to see Margot Didak? Who? Margot Didak. I didn't see that name. I didn't know who it was. So I just left it alone because I didn't know them. Okay. You 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 saw Margot Didak? Yeah. Okay, good. She's like, she's arguably from like statistically, she's probably the best rim protector that's ever played in the WNBA history. My girl so, was seven two. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Yo, she's Definitely was punching shit. I know it. Yeah. So. I'm looking at her stats right now. Damn. 3.8 blocks, 3.5, 3.6. That's crazy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad she was on there because I didn't see her name when I was looking through. So I'm glad. I'm glad that's there. But yeah, otherwise. Um, you know, I think she is. She's not. What is the Hall of Fame? She's not. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That needs, that needs to change. Yeah, um, what is the Hall of Fame? So, uh, what, what, so what part of the conversation would you like to transition into? Um, before we transition, I do want to give a quick note. So they're talking about WNBA things. They, they dropped their W25 list today mm-hmm. uh, to commemorate their 25th season. They dropped their, their list of the 25 greatest players in WNBA history. So for those of y'all who are interested in that, it'd be worth reading. It's pretty interesting. You can, you know, learn something and see some of that. There's a couple of current players on there as well. Like uh, Diana Taurasi, obviously, Super, Brianna Stewart, Elena Deladon, et cetera, et cetera. Sylvia Fowles is on there as well. So, you know, something for people to check out if they're into reading about basketball. But yeah, with that being said, why don't we transition to now – talking about current players and we're just going to focus on NBA with this conversation focus on talk about current players who 
we're just going to discuss whether or not we think they, you know, they have a shot or what their potential getting to the Hall of Fame is. So I think I'm going to start off with one just because we're talking about statistics mm. and you know, typical counting stats, how you don't everything. Why don't we start off with Draymond Green? Okay. Draymond Green is an easy yes to me. I would agree. I think Draymond Green is an easy yes. I think because, first of all, he's a three-time champion, number one. Number two, he is a major contributor as to why he is a champion. He was on, He's on multiple all-defensive teams. He has two defensive player of the years. Just one. Oh, just one. one. Arguably, you should have two, maybe three. Yeah. So, just, just that. And then when you watch his – when you watch what he does to the game and how he's impacted the game in multiple ways, uh, him and Steph Curry have changed the game. Uh, like, Steph changed the game, but they changed the game as well as a pick-and-roll combo. And mm-hmm. – he, Draymond has made the game much more positionless than it already was. Yes. Like, Draymond Green, him, like he was the player who killed the, the, the old tweener uh, stigma, which if people don't know that is, they basically use that to talk about players who, were, who weren't exactly a small four, weren't exactly a power four. They were just either big and they're either big and uh, skinny or they were just like small and slow or these didn't fit either, you know, typical positions. Draymond Green was the person who killed that and ushered in this uh, positionless basketball era that we have. And obviously, you know, like the heat with Miami with Chris Bosch playing center, that was, uh, you know, that was definitely like a part of the process. But Draymond is the one who like, you know, put the, 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 cough, the nail in the coffin essentially. Yeah. That whole senior thing in positionless basketball. Like, Draymond Green is the the man who forced that change. Like you know, like I said, put it on that coffin. So I definitely agree, impact wise. That's a great question. That's a that's a great one. Weird. You have any other ones? Any other ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll get into one. I have a few. I'll get into one more before I let uh, you go ahead. Rajon Rondo. What do you think? Uh, so. I, I'm leaning. I would lean towards yes because of it's hard. It's, it's a difficult question because statistically, um, statistically, it's not going to appear that way that he's a. In, like that he's a Hall of Famer if you go season by season because of how his career has gone because he did, he hasn't had too much consistency in his career. Um, like when he was starting to get some st- stability in Boston, he had the injury, and then that kind of shifted his career along with Steph Curry, you know, kind of reinventing the wheel with the point guard position where now the point guard position is more about scoring and facilitating or mainly scoring as opposed to being a playmaker and facilitator. And so because of that, Rondo became more of a journeyman and he's, he's not like his impact is not as profound, at least on the stat line. Uh, When you look at, when you look at stats, it's not going to completely defend his case, but he's a two-time champion. He's He's been one of the best playmakers that has ever played the game. He's one of the best playmakers now, in my opinion. And when he won those championships, I can definitively say that he was the third best player on that Lakers team. And I can say that he was a top four player, if not top three player, on that Boston Celtics roster when they won a title back then. Uh, So the game is all about winning championships. And I believe that he's contributed to two of them in a major way. So I would lean toward him 
ultimately being a Hall of Famer. And he's also a really good defender as well. And like, yeah, just is a lot of tools in his bag. And when you look at the pure point guard, he is still one of those representations, although the statistics don't help him because of how the game has changed and the lack of consistency that he's had statistically. Okay, I agree. It is a hard one for me, although I do lean towards yes. I mean, like you're saying, you mentioned some of the things he's done, but like, you know, four times all defense, four time all star, three times assist champ, steals champ one year, two time champ, two time champion. He did have an all NBA season in 2011, 2012. And before he got hurt, he was definitely on pace to get getting more of those. And he was one of the, the five best point guards in the league for a, a great stretch of time. About three, four, probably like I'd say maybe five year stretch, three, four year stretch. He was one, people were like, you know, considering Rondo wouldn't be best. He mm-hmm. was the best player on the Celtics from after, I definitely say like probably like 2011, 20, 2011 season, he definitely was the best. In that one year where, uh, you know, it was Heat, Celtics, game six, LeBron went crazy. You know, LeBron had a great game six, but so did Rondo. And uh, that, that iconic 44 point game he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, like, he just had he had some great NBA moments before Westbrook was running running the show with all the triple doubles. Rondo was was the triple double guy in the league for a while. Mm-hmm. So, like you're saying, the statistics don't, aren't there necessarily. But again, with injuries in the league changing, had things had he not gotten hurt, there's a good chance he'd be, you know, he'd probably he'd be like you know one of the he'd probably still be one of the premier guards in the league, but he got hurt and you know, that happens sometimes players get hurt and then things change up on them. They don't come back the same, but yeah, I think he is hall of fame caliber at this point. I think that second championship solidified it. Cause like you said, he contributed in a major way. And they was, don't get to that finals without him. He, he was a top three player on that team. I, mm-hmm. He was probably the third best player on that team. Like, yeah. Yeah. When it was, when, when him, LeBron, and AD were on the floor, they they couldn't be beat pretty much. Couldn't really do much with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the knew they messed up because they went and got him right back this offseason. <laughs> yeah, they definitely knew they messed up big time going with Schroeder. Uh, yeah, because – and then when you look at his career, it kind of – you kind of look at, like, uh, what happened to Carmelo Anthony because, like – the league changed up on him too. I mean, his 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 Hall of Fame case is a little bit different. Uh, but in fact, how about we go that direction? What do you think about Carmelo Anthony? I think he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I'd say he is. Like, dude, dude is definitely one of the best scorers in the league for a long time. Ten-time All Star, six-time All NBA. Scoring champ one year. Because, like, Melo, like, the skill is there. It's just he's missing the accolades because he just hasn't won much of anything in the NBA besides <laughs> all-star selections and all-NBA selections. Like, all-NBA obviously is, like, when you're all-NBA, you're top 15 in the league that season. Like, it's, like, you know, it's three, three teams, top 15, essentially. You know, but nowadays it's kind of iffy with the, the center position, not or not, I should say nowadays. Because last season, you know, you had Gobert and Embiid and, well, Gobert is not the top of the team, but like Jokic and Embiid, like you have bigs now. You have more bigs who are actually deserving. But for a few years, he was like, uh, DeAndre Jordan was first team, and that was kind of goofy. Yeah. But, like, but anyway, I'd say Melo, I'd say Melo is, bro. He's going to be one of the, he's going to keep climbing the scoring list. I don't have him like offhand where he's at now, but he's definitely up there. He's- I believe he's top 20 already. He is number 10, actually, on the scoring Number list. 10? Okay. So, like, I'm not mistaken. He's number 10 right now. So, if you're at number 10, how do you not make the Hall of Fame? Yeah. The goal of the mate, despite all the things, like, I love all things non-scoring. I think scoring is great. But I, prefer, I love the other things more. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the name of the game is to put the ball in the basket. And Melo is one of the best to ever do that. Yeah. I think what happened to him and Rondo – yeah, was similar. Like the game completely changed with Steph Curry and his his mid range jumper 
lost it it's like people lost the appreciation for the mid-range post game and the high post game mm-hmm. even though you can get 20 off of that easy yeah nah he's hall of fame to me bro dude got let me count right now mm-hmm. i think i think he's a hall of famer now another 16 seasons 20 points per game for my love that's not. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, bro. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Absolutely, you're good. Now, another person that we would talk about, I think, do you think Dwight Howard is a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Three-time defensive player of the year. That doesn't happen often. That right there is one. He's the best player on a final team. And he lost to Kobe, which is, you know, if you're going to lose to somebody, Kobe's a good person to lose to. Mm-hmm. But eight-time All-Star, two-time block champion, eight times All-NBA, uh, five-time All-Defensive, and he's a champion now. And he was a contributor. He was a big contributor to that team mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, he was prior to play as much that. towards the end, but he was huge for that team. Yeah, got it. He's in. He's in, in my mind. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. I would roll with that. For my last one, and this is going to be a more funny one now. Danny Green. Fuck no. <laughs> no. He's like he he's like the Robert Ori level of the conversation. People are like, oh, Ori should be in the Hall of Fame, seven championships. And yeah, he had some big shots, but like he was ultimately, I don't even say he was replaceable, but like and he wasn't important, but he just wasn't, he's just not good enough. I'm sorry. You look at the people on there and, and he would be the worst person on the list without argument. And I think at that point it's like so they don't deserve to get in. I mean, he did. He did win what three championships? He won. He won a couple back to back. He was. Um, uh, he at one point set the finals record for threes. It was obviously broken eventually, but he set the finals record for threes at one point. Uh, he's. He's wherever he goes. Winning happens too. Like this year, the Sixers were the number one seed. You're right. Danny Green is a major contributor to some successful teams, but Danny Green is not like a key cog in any of those. He's he's important, but he's not like a. I mean, he was a starter. Yeah, he's a starter, but I don't know. How to, I don't know how to explain it. Other than the fact that just like the eye test, Danny Green is not a Hall of Fame player. Mm, eh. I'm not going his basketball reference right now, too. And it's just literally his only awards going to be championships. Yeah, that's true. But still. okay, he had one all defensive. So three championships, one all defensive. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of dudes who don't have a ring. You're right. But I, I, I'm, I'm of the belief that rings aren't necessarily. Uh, defining you as a player because it takes yeah. it takes you need a good general manager and a good coach to even have a shot yeah but yeah, I, think, I think rings ultimately define you like def, like com, define the conversation when you're comparing two players but yeah i think that rings are important especially when you contributed to those rings and to be honest with you um he was he was a major contributor in that San Antonio run because he couldn't miss. No and to be honest with you, he should have four. Because the first, the, the first one that he should have had, he um, Ray Allen kind of snatched that one from him. <laughs> Chris Bosh with the rebound. Never forget. Yeah, Chris Chris Bosh with the rebound. Uh, Ray Allen if you're doing that, then Gilbert Arenas might be a Hall of Famer, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> Gilbert Reyes has some solid years. Only reason why he's honestly, only reason why Gilbert Reyes is not in the league is because he pulled yeah. out a gun in the locker room and then they just kicked him out. But yeah. otherwise, he was like, he definitely was off pace to, to really be that dude. Yeah. You know, gun, the guns aren't, aren't uh, acceptable in NBA locker rooms. So they just blackballed the shout out. Word. Uh, Gilbert to the hall. I'm starting the campaign now. I'm, I'm going to write my letter and add my supporting documents since apparently I have that power. Get it done, Danny Green. <laughs> Do you think Danny Green's a Hall of Famer? I think so. uh, 
If he wins one more ring, I definitely think so. Damn, that's the case of Robert Ory's a Hall of Famer, too. I mean, yeah, I think you, if you contribute, you he was a starter on three of those teams. He was a starter on three championship teams. And then if – if listen, who knows? If he would have stayed healthy this year, they might – the Sixers might have won messing around. Because I, yeah, I, <laughs> I think they beat Atlanta. I don't know if they beat Milwaukee, but I think they definitely beat Atlanta if he was healthy. I think they could have beat this year's Milwaukee team just because uh, Milwaukee was looking – excuse me. Milwaukee's looking real shaky no, against uh, Atlanta. They was looking real shaky. And against the Nets team with Kevin Durant and, and the guys, they were damn near about to they – were, they were Kevin Durant's uh, big-ass foot away from getting eliminated. Right. So Milwaukee turned up in the finals, but in the rounds prior to that, they were shaky. I think the Sixers could have beat them before they were tuned up by the time the finals reached rolled around. Yeah, who's to yeah, who's to say Philly doesn't win a championship this year? The thing is if Danny Green won the title this year, that's four rings. And he could have won, he could have very realistically won four rings. If Kawhi Leonard and Mono Ginobili hit a couple free throws. So Amen, bro. <laughs> it's an, there's an argument there for 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 Danny Green. This is a start yeah. on three championship teams. James Jones might as well be a Hall of Famer then. No. <laughs> no. All right. That's a stretch. That's That's a, a, I mean, actually, actually. We talk about rings and Jones technically. Could make a case. You could make a case for him, maybe in a few years, because of what he's doing with Phoenix right now, because he's doing a, a hell of a job as an executive. He's an executive, yes, he is. But, but as a player, hell no. Shane Battier might might be in the Hall of Fame then too. Danny Green in the Hall of Fame. Shane Battier is better than him, bro. Uh, hmm. It's not Danny Green don't got it, bro. Shane Batman got two championships. Prime? Prime Danny Green? No, I don't think so. But Danny Green's prime didn't last long. That's the only problem. Shane Batman was over him. Mm -mm. Two-time all-defensive teams, bro. (laughs) All-rookie. This man was two two championships that's better than Danny Green's three championships and one old rookie or one old defense I'm sorry Peak Danny Green hitting 28 threes in the finals no he okay that's, so that's, that's, that's a symptom of the times though how is it a symptom of the times when they shot less threes back then because that was when I mean Shane Ballier played during that you know when threes were starting to ramp up too but like that age is Batty didn't play at the same – the finals at Danny – what did – excuse me. What finals did Danny Green hit those threes? Do you know off the top of your head? He I'm trying to find the year. He did that in the 2000 – he did that in the 13-14 finals. Yes, 13 – it was 13-14. Okay. So the 13-14 finals. And then 15-14 – they won. All right. Batted played in those same finals. Right. Batted only took 2.9 threes per game that season. That's in the playoffs. Look at the playoffs. So in the playoffs, the man only took 1.3 shots, 1.3 threes times per game, 13-14, when they did lose. They and in, 20, in 2012 and 2011 – for 2012 and 2013, he shot 4.8, though. That's not much. Let's look at Danny Green now. I'm telling you, man, that man Danny Green was a problem. 28 threes? Man. And every other play you every every other play you look up, Danny, Danny Green for three. That's good. Danny Green was taking 4.1, 5.4, and the year they won, he took 4.4. So Danny Green was taking more three-point attempts. So he was knocking them down. You're right. Danny Green is slightly more accurate than Battier, but Battier is a better overall player. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay well, we talk about Danny Green's in the Hall of Fame, and Battier's in the Hall of Fame, and that sounds ridiculous. So therefore, Danny Green is not a Hall of Famer. Uh, 
Even well, if you're right about the 28, 28-3s is whoopty freaking new. That, that happens every other day now. I mean, but, yeah, oh, yeah. You again, it's relative to the times. You gotta think about it. Back then, that was a that no, was that a, was a feat. That was a feat. That was an anomaly at that time. That was a feat at that time, but and he did it against Miami. Danny Green is was not pretty Green. damn good at that time. Shit, we talk about one time amazing feats. The Corey Brewer's a Hall of Famer. Do that fifty points one game. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Here we go, bro. Danny Green is not a Hall of Famer. I can't believe you said that. Danny, listen, Danny, hey, 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 Sabon, like, um, Sarunas, Marcellonis is in there, so. He's international. He's probably, like, one of the earliest international players. Danny Green is just some dude. Danny Green is a champion. Everywhere he goes, they compete. All right, but let me ask you about another player who, um, he has the perception that anywhere he goes, they win all the – Actually, I will stick with that. He is that kind of player. Andre Iguodala, what do you think? Ooh, damn. I think that's a hard one. A damn, harder one. Damn. He got a finals MVP. He's, he's a really great defender, all-around player. Uh, he was the best player on the, on the quite a few teams, a few Sixers the teams. Denver, that were, Denver team. That very good Denver team. Um, I would say so. You'd say so. I say so because he was a, he was a six man on multiple championship teams. He was he was a six man and probably the fifth best player on multiple championship teams. He has a Finals MVP to his credit. Uh, he was the best player on other teams. So I I would I I see why not. If if the again if the league wasn't as open and as flexible as it has been. I would say hell to the no, but because it's been more open, okay. I would say somebody like Andre Iguodala could get in because this gives of, you much more context into your reasoning. Thank you. Huh? So that gives me much more context and understanding into your reasoning as to right. why you're these people in the Hall of Fame. Because it, because the thing is, I can make that argument at the end of the day. I I, I real I feel like I can make a legitimate argument for Andre Iguodala to be in the Hall of Fame, especially. When you look at the longevity of his career, he's been to the finals. Oh, God knows how many times now. What? Five. The, the, the six. The, because Golden State went five years in a row. Yeah, they went you're right. Five straight. Times, and then he went with Miami. Six. You're right. So, yeah, he has six finals appearances. He has three rings and he has a finals MVP along with uh, along with being the best player on teams. And he has other playoff runs to his credit where he was the best player on those teams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, I think so. I mean, statistically he is, a, he's a very odd player statistically. Yeah. But yeah, I think otherwise I would, I don't see why not. Yeah, like his career stats, his base stats was 11.6 points, five rebounds, 4.2 assists, 46% from the field, 33 from the three, 70 from the free throw line, nothing special. It's all piss. It's all piss. Yes, those are all pedestrian, although I will say five rebounds and 4.2 assists at his position is pretty good. Yeah, that's solid, but. Yeah, it's solid. Everything else is pedestrian. Pedestrian. However, his contributions are very noteworthy. He was the best player on some pretty good teams. And even he only has one all-star appearance, but he did have a couple of years where he probably should have been an all-star. Mm-hmm. 07, 08, he had a really good year. In a, dunk, in a dunk contest, he was robbed of to boot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 09, he had a good year, 18.8. Oh, 2010, he had a good year, 17.1 points. And then 6.5 assists, 5.8 boards. Uh, it's very solid on steals as well throughout his career. So he had some years where he probably could have been an all-star, but he wasn't. Um, some really good playoff runs, obviously, with the Warriors. Uh, he had a good one in 2008-09, 21 points a game. But I don't know. I'm on the fence with him. Yeah. I can see it. I can see why someone would put him in. 
but also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. Maybe I feel like he falls under the more so like that, uh, the, like the, the urban legend status. Like, you know, Iguodala definitely was doing his thing back in the day, looking at the defense, blah blah blah. But I don't know. He's had like so many off years. At, like ever since he left Golden State, he's just been just been like whatever. Fair. Aside from Miami. And then that one year he just refused. Well, that's the same year he went to Miami. But when he refused to play at the the Grizzlies, that was goofy as hell. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was mad fucked up. <laughs> but he's totally weren't good enough for his services. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm on the fence with him. I'm leaning towards a no, but I do see the th- the yes argument is very apparent to me. All right. Well. That was an interesting conversation. I'm amazed that you think Danny Green's a Hall of Famer. With that being said, seeing as me and you can put in an official Hall of Fame request, let me get my Lance Stevenson, my Lance Stevenson shtick ready, get the statistics, get the articles, and make sure I send them that meme. And, uh, you know, the, the whole three-point guitar thing, like, how is that not Hall of Fame, bro? So I'm doing that, and Gilbert Arenas deserves to as well. The only reason why is because of the, the gun violence. Uh, not even violence, just the, the gun brandishing. But nah, he's not actually Hall of Famer, but he definitely is a legend. No, he's he JR Smith. JR Smith. <laughs> Sixth man of the year. Um the uh, multiple finals appearances, the, the LeBron meme. He got he got a chip. <laughs> he got a chip on him. Yeah, exactly. And he was a contributor. He was a contributor. That is very true. So if you feel like it, go ahead and split your request. Fuck it. I might. But yeah, with that being said, why don't you take us get us out of here, Jameer? Of course. Uh, you know, the usual. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That's it for today. This is another episode of Game Time. My name is Jameer Wilson. I was co-hosted by Zach Wright. Thank you to everybody, of course, for tuning in because, you know, we need that support. Thank you for the activity and engagement that we've received for our uh, bi-weekly activities now they're bi-weekly um, with ask the gamers and ask game time and you know please don't forget to follow us on instagram at game time underscore podcast uh, twitter at game time underscore uh, underscore ZNJ, yes and facebook with at game time with ZNJ to stay up to date on our content and you know, any any other updates that we may have about the podcast in the future. And to listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as other podcasting platforms. We can't wait to talk more basketball on game time. <laughs>